0: Did we start the show already? And I'm not aware of it. Holy cow. Hey, welcome everyone to the Road to Recovery. I guess we're live, and I guess I missed the intro to our show. Welcome tonight. Today is February 9th of 2020. I want to welcome you all to this live broadcast. I'm going to start with our song, our intro song, Mia Keen. You Are Not Alone. Sit back, relax. We'll be with you back here on the Road to Recovery in just a moment. Sound, please. Sometimes
1: the pain i
0: it all. We are worth it all. I am worth it all. Well, at least for today. Hey, welcome. I am Dan Chuba. I am an alcoholic in recovery, and today, February 9th, means I have been sober 24 years, 5 months, and 9 consistent days, consecutive days of sobriety. Big deal Who's counting? I am I count every day You know I tell this to people And they think I'm nuts They think <coughs> Well I don't know what they think actually Some some people tell me they think, You're a little weird huh? I'm counting your days Some people congratulate me And say that's wonderful I'm not looking for the praise I'm just reminding people And myself That I just put another day Of sobriety on the books For me That means I have another day above ground, first and foremost. Thank you, God. The other thing is that I've got hope that I'm going to have a better day and a better life and better things happening to me. And uh, I have a choice every day to do the next right thing. So today we are going to be talking about... What are we going to be talking about? We've got a lot of things to talk about today. Welcome. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the show. I'm glad that you are. I don't know how you found it. It's always good to hear from people that find out how they heard about our show. And if you are a repeat listener, thank you, too. And I always appreciate the email and the feedback you guys give. Sometimes when you get a chance to call in, it's nice to hear from you. I know a few of you like to call me after the show or on my cell phone, and you can do that, too, if that's what, you know, makes you feel better, if that... uh, helps you out, if you get help some way, somehow, that way, that's okay. This is a program that we try to help each other get and stay sober. We talk about what it is to be sober, what it was like when we were out there, caught up in our addiction. Myself, I was into alcohol, did some some smoking some pot, but, you know, it was more like I was into not being present all the time. I liked having excuses why I, you know, did stupid things. Most of the reason was because I was just stupid and I wanted to do stupid things and I didn't have the courage to accept the responsibility of doing things. Now, do I do stupid things now that I'm sober? Of course I do because I'm a human being and I like to do stupid things sometimes. But, you know, not to the degree that I did back. When I was drinking, okay. So that's an important thing. Not to the degree that I am, because I'm sober now. Hip hip hooray for me! And if you are sober, again, one day, hip hip hooray for you! Congratulations! And if you want to call in and celebrate one day or one year or one century or whatever it is that you are, okay. Five minutes? Well, not five minutes. We won't celebrate. Well, we'll talk about it, okay? The phone number to call in tonight, as always, on Sunday night, is area code 323-580-5755. That's 323-580-5755 if you want to talk about anything as it relates to sobriety, recovery. If you have an issue, if you have friends that have issues, you want to understand them, that's what this show is all about. It's... More of an informative show, but it is being done by someone, i.e. myself, who has had a problem with drugs, alcohol, mostly alcohol, not so much drugs, mostly alcohol, and to be candid with you, I don't have that problem anymore, because you know what, I have found recovery through the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I work a program on on a daily basis. Yeah, it's not just you know, once in a while, it's on a regular basis, and if you want to understand that, you know, again, feel free to call in and say, Dan, why are you working a program every day if you've been sober that many years, because that's a long time to be sober, and I agree, it has been a long time, but you know what, I never want to forget why I got sober, and what I need to do to get and stay sober, especially in today's world, where now, marijuana is legal, and... You know, I did marijuana. I liked marijuana too, but I wasn't a big, you know, obsessive type marijuana smoker. But, hey, anything that I could smoke or do or whatever to get a buzz, I did it, you know, and that wasn't good. That really wasn't good for me in my life. And, you know, um, I have three children, okay, three kids. I have two sons, I mean two daughters and a son, Jessica and Natalie on the West Coast. My son Dan, somewhere in the States, I don't know what he's doing, he's traversing the States, good for him. Um, And I wasn't around most of the time that they were growing up. I was caught up in my addictions. My son, I was more caught up into my recovery because I was pretty caught, I was really uh, a mess when I sobered up. And I sobered up, what, 24 years, 5 months, and 9 days ago today... Yeah, how about that? And if you would have told me 24 years, five months and nine days ago, that I would have been still alive today, wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed it. If you would have told me that I was married, I would be married today to my fourth wife, who is incredible. She's like an angel. I swear to God, she is an angel. What she's doing with me? Sometimes I wonder. But I'm glad she is. I'm glad she is with me. She's very good for me very calming person in my life, and I'm grateful for that. You know, and those are some of the promises that come from working a program and getting and staying sober. It's worth it. It really is. It's worth getting and staying sober. And if I told you that it was easy, I would be lying to you because it wasn't easy. It was full of effort. You know, they talk about, and they told me when I first sobered up, that I didn't have a drinking problem, that I had a thinking problem. And I'm like, what are you talking about?
1: You know,
0: they, they asked me. I said, when you had problems, then, how many of them, or did you have fun times or bad, you know, was it always bad? And the truth was it wasn't always bad. There were some fun times when I was drinking, okay? And then they said, okay, all the times that you were, uh, of all of the times that you had some serious things that impacted your life in an adverse way, which one of them or them, them involved drinking and hands down almost every single one of them that really impacted my my life adversely. You know, you don't get married on a, you know, just on a whim, but that's what I did when I was out there drinking. I was trying to rescue people. I was trying to save my, uh, my wives and help them out, you know, and, you know, somehow there was some love that get caught up into it, you know, what we believe is love, sometimes it is simply, um, physical, it's lust, maybe it's physical attraction, but, you know, we, we believe what we want to believe, we are, we are the best salespeople in our heads, we tell ourselves a Ooh. lot of things, you ever tell yourself something? And you're like, nobody else believes you, but you are convinced it is all about you. And it's all about us and about this and that and everything else. And i got to tell you something. Uh, you live and you learn. You know, I live and I learn on a constant basis that, you know, I just have to take life one day at a time and, you know, just uh, do the best job I can. Effort-wise, effort-wise, I gotta do the best job I can. So, all right, we're gonna be on the air for maybe two hours today. I'm feeling pretty good. I got some rest today. Man, I tell you, I was very tired. Been getting up early. Okay, I wake up like four thirty, five o'clock, and I I can't go right back to sleep. And then when I do finally get to sleep, then I like like to sleep late. So I have been getting up, and what do I do? I put myself to good use. You know, I walk two miles. I need to get healthy or healthier. Okay, I'm not unhealthy. It's just I can be healthier than I am now. And it requires me to put some effort out. It just doesn't happen overnight, you know. Got to put some effort out. So I've been walking two miles. Today I did not. Today, uh, yeah, today was an interesting day because I got to sleep late. and I did go see my wife at church. She sang. We had a nice time. We went out for breakfast. That was nice. I made some bacon because before I went because I, you know, catch up with her. She does two services, and I only attend one of them, the 1030 service. So I wake up, made some bacon. I thought we were going to have breakfast at home, and then I decided, eh, let's go out. So the bacon is made. I'll probably eat some when I go back home after the show. And we went out. It was nice. And then we came home, and we were both just really tired from a busy, busy week. Yep. I have a busy week coming up, too. It's another week coming up. And I came into the office today to meet some clients, and thank God I got here early. And one of my tanks was starting to, my aquariums. I have these aquariums, three big aquariums in my office. And I don't know what happened, but one of them started to go sour, and I don't understand what caused it. A lot of times it's, uh, you know, a pump goes out, and the pump seemed to be working, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it just needed to be really clean, so I did that. Fortunately, I got it all done, but it's, it's slowly clearing up, but it's not cleared yet. I hate that when it happens. And then I've got uh, another aquarium. Everybody, The other two aquariums seem to be doing well. Um, they seem to be eating a couple of fish here and there, uh, so they disappear from, from my uh, aquarium, and I just see skeletons. But, you know, for the most part, everybody's doing okay. You know, and uh, I talked to people that came over. We had we had guests over last night to our house after a really long day. And my wife loves to entertain. She does, man. She is the hostess with the mostess, Truly is. And I don't really mind. They were playing cards, and I didn't really want to play cards. But somehow during the middle of the evening, one of the card players, they had just perfectly enough, and uh, one of the card players opted out. didn't want to play anymore, so... Uh, I stepped in and, and took over, not that I wanted to, but I did, and it was okay, um, you know, but my wife, she's like a big card game player, and the reason why, we it was Euchre, I don't know if you understand Euchre, I don't, really, a little bit, and uh, I'm able to get through and fumble, it's kind of like a, a form of pinochle, but uh, yeah, we played Euchre for a couple hours, and socialized, and had people over from church, and You know, I get creeped sometimes when I'm around people from church, but these people were okay. They weren't creepy. They weren't, you know, very, you know, praise the Lord this and God loves you that. And that's a little bit much for me. I'm I'm like, I just like real people to be real around me. I'd like to be real. And sometimes around the wrong people, it's hard to be real because they're not sure how to be real and whatever. So... It was a it was a good evening. We had a good time, but we were up late and we cleaned up and everything was all done. And like I said, today we slept late or came home after after we went to lunch and and we just slept. I slept till about three three thirty, and then I had to get up and run into the office to meet with clients. So it was a good day. Again, any day that we're above ground is a good day. Any day that there's no snow on the ground is a good day. And even though it snowed like three inches today. Most of it has melted off the streets already, and that's good, and we'll have some more snow coming. But, boy, what an incredible, wonderful winter we have had this year already. Pretty incredible. Now, my goings-on during the week, you know, when I'm always looking for something to talk about topic-wise, you know, we talked about hangovers of many colors. Last weekend, what was last weekend? Anybody remember? Raise your hand. Okay, last weekend was Super Bowl, and – It just seems like it was such a long time ago. Super Bowl, right, last Sunday? Yeah, pretty sure it was, yeah, because it was the second. And I hope your team won, the Kansas City Chiefs. I picked them, not because I care about them or I could care less about the 49ers. I just figured I'd pick what I thought was the underdog, and they won. It was very nice. In fact, I did the show. Uh, We did a shortened version of the show. We left here about uh, 8 o'clock. Went back to some friends. We were, staying, we were enjoying the show or the, the game at some friends. I missed a halftime show, but that was okay. You could pick it up on uh, Facebook or at some of the other um, uh, social media places. We're re- running reruns of them. And uh, it was great. Some really funny commercials. Um, you know, somebody said, isn't it amazing how much they push alcohol? I didn't see the commercials, but you know the, uh, I did see one from Bud Light that I thought was really funny, where they they talked about how they get it in the can now, you know, and this is uh, some some lime Bud Light or Bud Light in the can or something. I don't know, it was really funny, but that you know that's my sense of humor. When when you talk about it, it's kind of borderline on the sexy or sexist, but it's not meant to offend. It's just meant to you know laugh and have a, a good canter. So. Hopefully you found it funny. I did, but they didn't have those. By the way, they didn't have those running on the uh, network because uh, uh, they just had those running privately on, on Facebook. So if you wanted and you weren't offended by them, then you could watch them. But if you were offended, they didn't want to put it on a national broadcast to offend people. Uh, that wouldn't have been too good. Okay, of the retain? Could have check? Yes. Okay, we did that. All um, okay, so, you know, hangovers of many colors, drinking, food, gambling, those are only a few of the addictions that we can recover from if we really want to. And how do we do it? Well, you know what? First, got to want to do it, okay? That's the most important thing. You have to want to recover. I mean, all the efforts in the world will not help you if you don't have the desire to get sober. You have to go and be willing to do anything to get and to stay sober. Now, let's let's face it. Let's think about it. Those of us that have addictions, when we wanted a, quote, fix, whether it was food, whether it was sex, maybe you wanted some sex, and, you, you know, you were home alone and, you know, uh, you did anything, called somebody, called a hotline, you know, went online, bought porn, you know, uh, called, uh, what do they call those, friends with benefits. You know, <clears throat> you did whatever it took to get what you needed. Alcohol, you, you know, if you needed money, you probably went to all your, your, your couches the second or third time looking for a change or anything so that you can go out and get what you needed. Well, with that same passion, you need to do to work this program because it doesn't work unless you want it to work. Okay, let's, let's first get that. You can't have sobriety forced on you. You can be forced sober. Okay, sober and sobriety are two different things. Sober is not drinking or drugging or, or doing your addiction. And if you're locked up in the uh, pen, with exception, you're not going to be able to get drugs, alcohol, or gambling. You can probably get all of them in, in, in the pen, really, from what I understand, but not like you could if you're out of prison. Okay, and that's probably the only place, that, you know, only way you're going to keep from doing your addictions if you're locked up. And again, maybe not, but let's just assume you would, okay? Now, being sober just means you don't indulge in your addiction anymore. And again, I don't know how many times they have told you over and over and over and over that we don't have, I didn't have a drinking disease, even though drugs, not drugs, alcohol was my problem, even though I was considered an alcoholic, okay? An alcoholic. Okay, because I drank, and I drank to excess, and I drank at the wrong times. I drove when I, 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 I was drinking and driving. I did all the bad things that you're not supposed to do. Yeah, because I was and am an alcoholic. That's what I am. At least that's what I used to describe my thinking problem, my mental problem. I have a mental problem, okay? Let's face it. I would like to make a bold statement, and maybe I I have no uh, right to do so, but I believe that most of the world has a thinking problem, and we just fill in the blanks with the different addictions. It's either food or gambling. Maybe you drink too much. Maybe uh, you eat too much or don't eat enough. Maybe you're bulimic or anorexic. These are all different types of addictions, okay, whether you take too much or you take too much, you know, you, you stay too sober. You could be like a sports junkie, okay, and, and exercise too much. And 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 how does that affect other people when you're really, really excessively healthy? Well, if you're not doing it to, to win prizes, if you're just doing it to make yourself look good, feel better, you, you – You could isolate yourself from the rest of the world and live in a fantasy world in your head. And for most of us with addictions, that's what life was like for us. We lived in our heads. We get caught up in our addictions, and we lived in our brains. You know, I I have the word narcissist down, okay? And uh, I was reading in the comics today, just actually today, I think I threw them away. Or did I? I? No, they're here. In the comics, they have a... uh, one one uh, cartoon, and this guy is at a jeweler, and the jeweler is saying to him, yes, it's a very expensive watch, but it sends a signal about who you are as a person. And the buy, guy buying it has a little uh, caption that says, I'm an egomaniac with way too much cash. You know, it's true. Some people buy vehicles and excessive because they want to let the world know how much money they have, or, you know, whatever, you know, again, some people like showing it off and, and make them unrelatable, I was listening to the sermon at uh, service today, I went to service because my wife sang, and I, I always go, or try to always go and listen to my wife sing and play the bells at her church. I am not a church member. I have no interest in becoming a church member. My church is uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and my group of people is uh, is uh, people who acknowledge that they are alcoholics or drug addicts. You know, we we all share a commonality of we are not perfect people. But going back to it, the sermon today was about poor people, and, you know, even the minister said, well, he may be poor because even though he makes money, they may be biting off more than he can chew. And he said that he has a negative uh, bottom line, I guess, in his life. <laughs> I just find it hard. People that have so much money. I'm in a community that's rather affluent, Glen Allen, and Glen Ellen, Illinois, and there's a lot of people with a lot of money there. And, you know, we're surrounded by communities and people that are poor and struggling and how far do you go to help these people? You know, you want to help them, but, you know, you have to also learn that people need to help themselves. They need to want help. Okay, it's not enough to just be, you know, sustaining. I give a big hand to anyone that reaches out looks for work. Anyone that reaches out and says, hey, I can remember employing people over the years in my company here. Just because they sent me a, a letter saying, hey, Mr. Chuba, I would like a job. I was like, man, that's the person I want working for me. As long as her mothers didn't write that little request, that's the kind of person I want working for me, you know, and amen. Uh, I hired him, and, and that was a good thing. You know, um. I should stay on focus, you know, like that one gentleman a couple weeks ago was talking about PTSD, and he goes, hey, when are you going to talk about that? I thought that was the topic. You know, it's all relatable, I guess. Um, It's always good when people call in and and keep me on track, but otherwise I I just run where my brain goes, you know, it does. Uh, People like us, let me read what I wrote. Drinking food, hangovers of many colors. Yeah, there's all different kinds. Okay, we here to learn if you're caught up, people like us, caught up in an addictive manner of living, how can we overcome these addictions and become productive citizens, people living in today's world and living our lives to the fullest one day at a time? Well, that's really the concept of the show, is how do we get there? Well, first, we admit that we were, what, powerless over alcohol, and that our lives become unmanageable. And we'll probably talk and review the 12 steps, because we're going to read how it works. I you know what let's start this uh, show even though we're half hour into the show already let's t- let's get to we're, we're reading from the Al-Anon thoughts of the day book because when I went to get a Alcoholics Anonymous book I gave mine away to somebody I thought needed it wanted it um, and that's good I hope they're using it my friend Phil hopefully it's helping him out okay but uh, February ninth the Al-Anon one day at a time. Would it help my situation to know why the alcoholic drinks to such excess that everything around him or her is damaged in some way by his compulsion? If he or she drinks to drown out the pain of shattering childhood experiences, which he does not even identify or remember, how can such pain be located and removed? Certainly not by us. We are amateurs and emotionally involved amateurs at that It would take years and thousands of dollars worth of psychiatry, and even then the outcome would be uncertain. But at least the knowledge that he suffers should keep me from condemning him. Now, this is an Al-Anon book, okay? Al-Anon is a program designed to help people who have loved ones or anybody that they know caught up in an addiction. And it teaches you how to do what? You know, how to take care of yourself and not get caught up and the addictive nature of the alcoholic or the drug addict or the whatever because you cannot fix them. This is what this reading is saying.
1: You're an amateur.
0: Let the pros, if they need do so, do it. Or pros are one thing, but you know what? People in the program are more helpful than you'll ever be. Your job as a person who loves their addictive loved one, your job is to what? To get and stay sober? No, it's to take care of yourself and don't try to take care of or fix the person caught up in the addiction. Okay? Today's reminder is enough for me to know that the unhappy drinker can get help at AA, where so many have found uh, contented sobriety. Contented sobriety is enough for me to know that I can overcome my own confusion by using the Al-Anon program. See, it you're confused because there are a lot of people think that they can fix someone that needs help, and you can almost it's almost like you see the the wound and you want to want to repair it. You want to you know, uh, put some medicine on it and you think if you do that you're gonna fix it and, and they're gonna be grateful for you to you for helping them. And they're not. Sometimes these guys wanna be caught up in their addiction until they're ready to let it go. You're you're just an invasion into their their time and giving them more of an excuse to do what they do and they'll take any excuse they can to keep doing it. Now this goes on to say, Let me conduct myself and my life in such a way that I will have no reason to reproach myself for making a bad situation worse. That is, within my power, to make it better. So making it better doesn't necessarily mean fixing it. Making it better means sometimes walking away and leaving it be and praying for that person. But leading by example and letting them know that you are not going to be sucked into that attempt to draw you in. Because if they can draw you in, and I'm talking about the alcoholics, the drug addict, etc., that's just going to fuel their fire that they can continue on and do more. Tough love is a tough thing, but it's a good thing. And i got to tell you something. I love listening to Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Um, she was on Sirius Radio, and I had it when I had a car that had Sirius Radio. But she was really good because she has a no B.S. attitude towards alcoholics and, and drug addicts. you got to push them away until they sober up. And it's not enough. I was watching a program. Which, what program was I watching? Uh, I was watching one with, who was in it? Oh, it was, uh, uh, what is his name? The really handsome guy, George Clooney. George Clooney was in it. And he was starring as a Michael Clayton, Michael Clayton, an attorney that was uh, helping people out in this big lawsuit against the big corporations poisoning water and knowing it willfully and all this other stuff. But in it, his brother was a gambler. And his brother, you know, took his sister's cars, tires, and sold them for drugs. And he came back after being sober for five days or eight days and said, Look me, I'm I'm trying, I'm eight days sober. You know what? You gotta go away for longer than that. Okay, eight days is good. Let me tell you, any day that you're sober is good. But don't try to make amends right away. Okay? Don't run around and try to tell everybody, look and I'm sober and and please forgive me for all the, the crazy ass stuff that I've done in the past because it's way too sensitive and you don't have enough time to really convince them that you're going to be and stay that. And and it may it even backfire. It may even hurt you because they may even challenge you and and send you away to the point where it upsets you and you'll want to go back out and drink even more. And that's not a good thing. We don't want that to happen. So, you know, when you're getting sober, you know, first you got to get sober, okay? Then you don't run around and tell people, look at me, I'm sober. No, okay? If you're sober and if you're working a program, they'll eventually see it. If they see that you're not at bars, if they see that you're 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 shying away from drinks or conversation or any of the attitudes that you had back when you were caught up in your addiction, you know that's going to make more of a statement in your life than running around telling everybody,
1: "Hey, look at me, I'm not drinking anymore
0: uh, I, I while I'm sure they were happy that you can do that. I don't know that they're all going to give that much of a ding-dong care that you are doing that because, hey, you may have said that or done that long ago or once again. Maybe you hurt them so badly that it's even a bigger problem and they they have a hard hard time getting over it. So, (laughs) live show, live show, excuse me, live show, and so... That's why I'm Steve's live show. Gosh, yes, i got to tell you, I have a pretty darn good life. It really is. I love being sober. If I would have known before that being sober today would have meant so much as it does to me today, gosh, I tell you, would not have. I wouldn't have picked up that first drink. But you know what? God had bigger plans for me in my life. And here I am today about how to escape from that life that I was so caught up in, okay? I was caught up in that life. You know what? It's little things that mean a lot. My friend Steve called me this week, and it was great. Steve, thank you very much. Hopefully uh, you... I, I, I'm i assuming you updated the page. I always think that he does it, but maybe not. Who knows? Okay. Uh, uh, Oh, good,
1: got it.
0: Just got hung up on a phone call. Okay, no problem. Steve did it. Thank you. Steve is incredible. You know, I met Steve years ago in this program, and he's come so far, okay? I don't know. He's he's celebrating over four years of continuous sobriety. you got to love that about him. But you know what? He called this week and said, hey, Dan, i got to share something with you. And I said, what's that, Steve? He goes, I was just outside shoveling my snow. And having a conversation with a neighbor. (laughs) And he goes, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm having a conversation with neighbors. I am like a regular guy in a a house now. And, you know, it really meant a lot to him. and, And it was great to hear him share that with me and that he felt the need to share. Yeah, thanks, Steve. I appreciate that. It was great. And that's how we help each other. Okay, Steve helped me by allowing me to be his sponsor, and by being his sponsor, it gave me and motivated me to to live my life even better in this program, and that's how this program works. When you help somebody, you help yourself, and doing this show every week, it reminds me a couple things. First of all, to stay humble, okay? It really does teach me to stay humble because, yeah, maybe somebody's actually going to listen to this show. Okay? And I might see these people out and about and I don't want to come off as a big a hole, but I do want them to know that I am so grateful for this program that I that I work that I got and stayed sober doing it and you know, you listening in may not think it's that, you know, interesting of a show. I don't know if you do or not. Nobody you know, I get calls from people, they like certain things, some they don't. I think the Oscars are on tonight too. I think we're competing with the Oscars, and the good thing about the show is that it it you it, it can listen to it again later in the week. You can play it back. That's okay. I don't think you can play the Oscars back unless you record it yourself. I don't know if there's a place to rewatch it, but that's okay. If nobody gets anything out of this program, guess what? I do. You know, normally I would have sat if if I was out drinking. I would have been in a bar tonight and i would have been looking around for people and maybe some people would have been home and then i would have felt bad that i didn't have a home to go to and 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 loved ones to go with and and maybe i would have drink more and and you know uh, try to buy somebody a drink so they talk to me or you know or, or, or whatever you know all these different things that we do and i gotta tell you something um I'm just glad I'm not that person anymore i'm glad i'm I'm off to something better in my life and uh and that's this program so whether I am talking to a million gazillion people, there's only six billion people in the in the world. And it would be nice that one day everybody listened at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what they would say. They'd be like, "Oh my God, what is this guy talking about? Holy cow, he seems pretty free about talking about his recovery from addictions." But it's been 24 years, five months, and nine days, so he obviously doesn't have that problem anymore. Well, you know what? Eh, you know, last night I was serving drinks, and you know, my wife picked up beer for our guests. And she asked the bar, you know, the uh, liquor store what they would recommend. And what was funny is, you know, she doesn't know because she doesn't drink beer. She got wine. She has special wine she likes. She doesn't drink that much. She drinks, uh, you know, a couple glasses of wine, and that's pretty much it. So, you know, she, you know, I'm around all this beer looking at it, and i got to tell you, some of it smelled pretty good, you know. And then I had to tell myself, oh, don't get caught up in smelling the beer because, you know, First you start smelling it, then you start thinking about it, then you think, oh, what's one sip, you know, and that's how this thing happens. I don't want a sip because I don't care if, I don't care if it's good, if it's incredible. They they may have made the best tasting alcohol ever in the world today, and I don't want to even taste it. I don't care. I don't want it. Because I know what happened to me before when I was drinking alcohol, and it wasn't a pretty thing. And I am not willing at this point in juncture in my life, I'm not willing to give up what I've got. I've got a lot of great things. I'm on my fourth marriage, but you know what? This is one that I actually thought about. This is one that I actually met someone and got to know them on a deeper basis before we opted to get married. We didn't have to get married, not at all. We chose to get married. It was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing that we chose to get married together, she and I. And you know what? That's what this program has done for me. It's given me my choices back, taught me that it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be not perfect. It's okay in so many different ways, in ways that I never thought I could even live and and live happily. And I do today. I live fairly happily. I, I'm not going to say that I'm not happy because I am. I have got an incredible life going here. You know, I um, have a incredible wife, and you know, I keep bringing that up. But you know what? I, you know, when I first met her, the beautiful thing about it was I let her know who I was. I didn't hide the fact that I got you know I got caught up in my addictions. Yes. You know, things are going to come out eventually. It's not like you, uh, you know, you live an obscure life. But I don't have to, I didn't run around and say, oh, by the way, guess what? You know, you uh, you you know I you met me and I'm this and I'm that and I, I got arrested and, you know, this, that for uh, driving under the restriction. You know, all kinds of crazy ass stuff. I didn't do that. But what I did say is, hey, I had to surrender. Alcohol kicked my ass. I did. That's what I pretty much told her. It wasn't, you know, it's just not for me anymore. I don't want it. I don't want that life. I don't want that lifestyle. And I'm glad I don't do it. And do I miss the people? Yeah, some of them I do because I had some other friends, but they're still there. Some of them have joined me in the club, in in the program of recovery. I will tell you that, too. Some have met me here and said, hey, I had to quit, too. I surrendered, finally, from my addictive issues with alcohol. And that's good. I'm glad they finally made it. They they got to a point where they recognized it was not good for them either. And there are some people that just won't give it up. And that's okay. That's their business, their life. I don't worry too much about them. I always make room in the event that they want some help and anything I could do to help them out, I would be glad to do it. But you know what? They got to want it. And I'm not going to sit here and push it on them and Say, hey, you gotta take this. Here's what, here's how to fix your problems. I don't do that. That's not my job to fix anybody's problems. You know, hopefully they will fix themselves. They will get the help they need if they want it bad enough. And all I could do is lead by example. Okay, lead by example to let them know that, in the best way I can, this is what I've done to get. My life together, and hopefully it's enough for them to join me, and and that would be great if they can. And not everybody wants it, you know. I know people that, you know, the one guy told me, "Yeah, I quit drinking." You know, Dan, I don't drink anymore. I mean, I only have a couple beers, (laughs) a couple beers. Can you have a couple beers if you're an alcoholic? Sure. I mean, is it is it uh, encouraged? Absolutely not. You know, my program of of recovery is completely 100% sober, drug, alcohol-free, none, nada. Excuse me. Even though marijuana is legal now, I don't want it. I don't want it around me because I'm going to be tempted to want it, you know. I'm going to be tempted to want to be around it, and I don't want to be around it at all. But, you know, because it's a temptation that I don't need. But, you know, having a few beers, if you can't handle it, I wouldn't encourage it. Because the problem is, and the worst thing that could happen if I had a beer, I tell people this all the time, if I had a beer and nothing happened, that would be the worst thing that would happen. And they go, well, why is that? I get all these questions from people they don't understand. And that's okay if they don't understand. But the reason why it's not a good thing it's because if nothing happens, this sick mind of mine says, hey, well, nothing happened. Maybe I'm
1: cured.
0: Maybe I'm all better, and maybe I can do this and not have to pay any consequences, right? Isn't that, a, isn't that how it works? Yeah, that's how this guy sick mind works. My sick mind will have me believing anything and everything. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be part of any of that stuff anymore simply because it wasn't healthy for me. It's not a healthy thing for me. And the worst thing I could do or the best thing I could do is not drink or drug anymore. I'm there, baby. I don't want it. I don't want any of this stuff. If you said, "Dan, there is a slim chance that you'll be, go back out and drink if you got caught up, you know, if you if you went and had a drink right now." Don't worry. It's just a slim chance. I don't even want that slim chance. I don't want to run the risk of losing what I've got because I, I, you know, being a knucklehead that I am anyway, I do enough knucklehead things that who knows, I might just lose it anyway just from being a knucklehead, the, the knucklehead that I am. And that's true. That is an honest to God truth. You got to take care of what you got to take care of. Live one day, one step at a time, and that's the best thing you can do. And I don't want to risk my odds that I'm going to get caught up in an addiction and go back out there. So, yeah, can I drink? Probably. But it's not a good idea because I don't want to run the risk of doing it again. It's like you're telling a cigarette smoker. I've talked to many of them. I had one person 10 years. They were free from cigarette smoke. They had one smoke, and the next thing you know, they're off to the races again, back smoking. You know, we were looking at that movie Friends, or the, the show Friends. We were watching the series, and we saw him quit smoking. And then he had one, and the next thing you know, he's smoking all the time. You know, it's real life, okay? These addictions are real. And if you want to be free from them, abstinence really is the best way to do it. But building up the courage and the strength to do it, you don't have to do that alone. That could be something you could share with us, we in the program, we do and understand and help you because that's what we're about, right? We're about helping people get and stay sober. And that's helps me. It helps me to help you get and stay sober, right? And that's why we do it because it's a good thing. So, uh, yeah, if you've got a problem with drugs or alcohol, you know, Again, don't be afraid to ask for help because there's plenty of people out there that would love to help you. And the reason why they help you is because it helps them to get and stay sober. Okay, you know who we haven't seen in a long time is our friend Kenny. I don't know what happened to Kenny. He's kind of disappeared off the face of the earth. I know he was enjoying some uh, wonderful holidays and vacations because he had all that surgery on his feet to fix them. And hopefully they fix them good. Um, and if he did, well, then he was going to be heading out because he, you know, he has the opportunity as a retired person. He can go fishing on Lake Michigan. I guess he gets together with his brother, and that's a good thing. Myself and my brothers—oh my gosh, I don't know—that's not a good thing to get together with my brothers all the time. Some of them, some of them are a little bit fun, more fun than others to hang around with. That's true, but for the most part, it's better that we just keep distances. Okay, and say hello from a distance. I want to say a shout out to my sister Donna. Happy birthday to her yesterday. That's my youngest sister. I have six sisters and I get six brothers, okay? And we all grew up under the tyrant of my father, but not everybody understood and experienced his relationship, his ire, as others did. Some got along with him, some had some fun, some was treated I don't want to say respectful, but they were treated special, okay? And, uh, you know, good for them. I, I, I went through my disdain, in a sense, for them at one time because I just felt bad. I thought at some point, because my father did what he did, I thought that they should be a little bit more compassionate, more helpful to people, those of us that uh, you know, really took his, uh, we, we really got caught up in his uh, angst, his anger and his frustration because he was a, he could be a really mean and nasty guy and a lot of people saw him as a nice, wonderful, loving father, okay, um, I wasn't that, I wasn't one of those people, okay, I knew that he didn't have a problem working, And he did provide for us. So, you know, there were many good things that he did. But on the other hand, you know, he was mean. He was nasty. And he, you know, left me feeling like I was an unwanted person in his life. I felt bad because I didn't think he wanted us. And, you know, what worse thing can can a kid have to be taught that or, or to have them feel like, your own parents don't want you, and that's really what I felt. I really felt that my parents didn't want me in my life. So, you know, grew up with some really crazy, wacky, wild, and crazy things, but you know what? It all, all those things made me the person that I am today, and I'd like to think I'm a pretty good guy, and uh, you know, something I need to work on. I always encourage people to call in. By the way, you're welcome to call in at any time. If you wanna join me or you wanna tell me to shut up or well, appreciate you don't do that. But the number here is area code three two three five eight oh five seven five five. Today we're talking a little bit about hangovers. God, hangovers. I remember you know, I used to take handfuls of Tylenol after a night of drinking and down the Tylenol. With the hopes that I wouldn't have a hangover, and a lot of times I didn't. The problem is that I came to learn that using hand, uh, handfuls of Tylenol over the years affected my liver, and I'm okay now. I, I think my liver, for the most part, seems to be working okay. But we were on a we were on a path of destruction here with my liver, simply because. I was abusing it, and, you know, you you, you get these these homemade remedies, you know, thinking that it's okay to do what you do, and it's not okay. You know, never give it much thought, because, you know, we we self-medicate ourselves in so many different ways, so many different ways, not just one particular way, but many different ways. And I got to tell you, I almost I almost hurt myself a lot because, you know, when I finally went to a doctor and said, hey, got a, a medical checkup. And they said, okay, Dan, we did a physical, thorough physical checkup on you. And now at this point I had been sober maybe 12 years, okay? And they said, we got news for you. And I said, What's the news? And they said, Well the good news is that you're in relatively good shape and what did that mean? Relatively good shape? Well, you know, nothing immediate. But the bad news is that your liver is pretty bad and you you know and I'm like they said, You should probably think about quitting drinking and I had to laugh because probably quit drinking. You know, I hadn't drank in twelve years and here they're telling me that maybe I should quit drinking, okay? Quit drinking because my liver was pretty bad. See, that's stuff you don't don't hear about. You don't get it. You don't see it. It's just, holy cow, duh. So, again, onward and upward. Okay, we're coming on the 8 o'clock hour. I'm going to take a few-minute break here. I want to say hi to my friends out there, Danny and Steve. And uh, Tony, if you're listening, I don't know if Tony listens anymore. He was out in the West Coast, West Virginia. Uh, we've got uh, Anna uh, in the New York area. I'm sure everybody knows who Anna is. No, she doesn't. you don't know who Anna is. Okay, but, yeah, good people out there. Thanks for listening. couple Kyle out on the West Coast in uh, Oregon or Washington State. And uh, we are going to listen to my friend, my favorite, Marilyn Scott. Okay, and she's going to see if today was the last of all days. We're going to take a few-minute break, maybe 10, 15-minute break, and we'll return with more of The Road to Recovery because I feel like talking tonight, so I will be on the air chatting. And if you want to join me, again, area code 323-580-5755. I probably will stay on for the whole two hours till 9 o'clock, but I'll probably listen for about 15, 20 minutes of Marilyn Scott, so, kick back, relax, and we'll be back with more of The Road to Recovery here on Blog Talk Radio, part of the Linked Local Network of Broadcasting.
1: If today were the last of all days, would it change how? Would you rise for a moment above all your fears? Become one with the moon and the stars? Would you like what you see? We don't. me Thank you.
0: Listen more, Marilyn Scott. But I am back on the road to recovery. I am your host, Dan Shuba, coming to you live from the offices of Daniel and Associates Real Estate. I'm a real estate broker. I own a real estate company. Yes, and yes, you can know that I'm an alcoholic in recovery. A lot of people knew I was an alcoholic when I was out there. They, uh, you know, wrote it off that I was a wild man and a crazy man and all that stuff. But what I really was was out of control, and I I had some really bad thinking going on in my head, and uh, it wasn't good. But uh, thanks to the program of recovery and wanting to get recovered, I just, you know, my, I, I, will, I owe a lot to so many people. There's my friend Richard, who has been by my side for the last 40-something years. He's an attorney, and he's a great guy. Oh, he's an interesting guy, to say the least, but I tell you what, he still is a great guy. He's been by my side. Close friend, kind of like a brother. There has been uh, my friend Deb and Jim out in Indiana. Who Jim passed away about three or four years ago, and Deb's still around. Longest friends I've had, got high and stoned and drunk with them many times over the years, and now we don't do that. Jim died of uh, brain cancer, uh, a uh, complication from smoking cigarettes. I remember when I quit smoking and. I went to Jim, and he says, aren't you smoking anymore? I go, no. He said he would, uh, I said, you might want to think about quitting smoking. And he goes, not until they pry my cigarette out of my dead hand. And you know what? He came down with cancer, and he scared that crap out of him. And he sobered up right away, and he had a few good years left. But then he he got cancer again in his brain, and I think the second time was too much, and all the strain and the stress actually ended up taking his life. And his daughters got to see that, and nobody, it's not a pretty thing, really. He went from a 5'10 guy, macho man, to, you know, it's a bag of bones. They talk about that, but yes, he was. He was uh, left on a gurney. And, uh, yeah, it wasn't very pretty at all. So, uh, And then there was my friend Kimberly, who I haven't seen and heard from her in years, she got me started on a couple of workshops that were really crucial and very, very helpful to me. I got to tell you something; they really were. Um, I, I know I was angry about these people that put on the the workshops. You know, and how goofy that is, but you know, you can't explain Alcoholics and what we do and why we do what we do and how we feel like what we feel. But one of the reasons why I was upset about them is because you know, they were messing with people's heads, I believe, and they were like having us break down, and, and really, I, I was broken, they broke me, and, which is probably a good thing, I was pretty, uh, verklempt, I guess the best way to put it, you know, it was really jammed up into my head, and these guys got a program, put a program that, that was helpful to me to, to get out of myself, and to, uh, actually eventually grow, and uh, I do know that uh, my understanding is the founder, one of the founders of the program, actually died um, i don 't know what from, but uh, he 's no longer here on the earth, but Kimberly, my friend Kim got me involved, and i 'm always be grateful to her for doing that because she paid for my my program that, to, to go to it for the first time, and I went uh, maybe a half a dozen times, and each time I went, I, I really grew. Involved invited my brother, uh, Jim, to join me, and he made some some good growth, some serious growth. Um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. We're talking about hangovers of many colors, drinking, food, gambling, all different types of addictions, you know, that exist. Uh, I wouldn't know what a sexual hang up, hangover would be like if you had so much sex, maybe you uh, come down with some disease maybe that would be it and that that certainly would be horrible if you're not protecting yourself but you know uh, a hangover involving alcohol I remember the hangover it was like you'd wake up and you had a taste of cigarette butts in your mouth and you were broke I was broke I had no money in my pocket tried to remember some of the evening I know that there were times I didn't remember what was going on in the evening and that's a scary thought too and uh Let's see what else, you know. Not to mention the hangover, the headache that be part of the brain that just throbbed and throbbed and throbbed, and I still had to go to work. And you know, we went to work and we 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 manned up. You know, we we took it on the chin. But yeah, it wasn't really good. You know, I gotta believe that food addiction is the same. Where you 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 feel bloated, you feel over, and then you look in the mirror and you look huge. I always laugh and tell people I have a two-year set of eyes, okay, a two-year set of eyes, and you're like, what is a two-year set of eyes? Well, you know, I explained to somebody that I look in the mirror and I go, I really don't like the person I see in the mirror. I tell myself that, oh, you're not very good looking, you know, but then I look back at pictures of myself two years earlier and think, boy, you were pretty good looking back then. And that's been the story of my life. I never liked the person that I was I was right at that moment. I liked myself then. Two years later, and with that in mind, it's teaching me how to live my life today, one day at a time, and, and accepting. Hey, I'm probably a good-looking guy, I guess. For me, I mean, my wife seems to be happy. I try to stay healthy. I brush my teeth. I floss my, my teeth. I exercise. Reasonably eat. You know, I don't do too many abusive things to myself anymore, like I did before. Um, And I'm still above ground. That's a good thing. Any day you're above ground, it's a good thing. You know, you can have all the money in the world. And if you lose your life, you can't take it with you. Kobe Bryant probably knows that. And his family are hurting. You know, not that he did anything wrong. It just that was it. It just you just don't know how long you are and how long time you have in this life. So make sure you're taking care of the people you love. Tell them you love them. I make it a point every day, you know, to go and kiss my wife when I see her in the morning and when I leave and when I come home. Now I'm not going to tell you that I feel compelled to do that. Like you know, I can't wait to see her and stuff. But I do enjoy seeing her. You know, she's my life companion now. And I enjoy her, but I want her to feel special. I want her to know that I value her presence, you know, in my life. And what better way? I don't want to say one day that I found out something happened to her or maybe something happened to me and and we didn't kiss and say we love each other. We don't really say we love each other. I love my, my wife, but I don't really run around and say that to her. I think she knows it. We talk like when we're laying in bed and holding each other. And she'll say, who loves you? And i say, I love you. And i say, who loves you? And she goes, you love me. And I go, I do love you. And, and, and that's our moment of expressing love together. You know, what's your special moment of expressing love? You know, next week is Valentine's Day, by the way. Next weekend is Valentine's Day. And we have a busy week. We're going to a... Uh, a uh, Lions Club event At one of the clubs And they're, they're having a dinner And a uh, show Some impersonator is going to be Impersonating a singer And it's supposed to be a good time And we're looking forward to it And my wife and I are going And then the, fo- uh, the following day The next day Is our Lions Holiday Party Where we're going to uh, Recognize some people I don't know It's a holiday party I don't really have a lot of people I want to recognize because you know what, there are people that you recognize, but really it's the spouses, it's the families of of the individuals, and I think that's what I want to make it all about. Because it's the day after Valentine's Day, it's the fifteenth. Next weekend will be the sixteenth, and we will be live again on the air, starting at seven p.m. How long we'll go? Who knows? Only the great magician knows. Uh, you know, we don't know how long it'll be. If I if I feel compelled to speak for two hours till nine o'clock, but we we always slot the time and make it available. But next weekend, Friday, Saturday, I think what I'm going to do okay, is I plan. Is one of the things that I do best is to talk about people and to point out good things and good features about people, because there's a lot of wonderful people that need to be recognized. I you know I don't. Want to give awards out. There's one gentleman that really is deserving of an award, and we're going to give him an award, Frank, because Frank really has done a lot for just the club and, and, and everybody and everything, just simply because he's a giver. He's single, he hasn't been married, and, and uh, he feels good about doing things to help other people out. And that's a wonderful thing, you know. You can never have enough people in the world. You know, that's what makes each every one of us, individual and special, right, is we all carry and offer a certain gift and an opportunity for each and every one of us, and again, you know, that doesn't mean that just because you're this way, you're that way, you know, you're you're more or less, you know, uh um, something else or something, you you just don't know. Like our friend Rudy, unfortunately, my friend Rudy just lost his sister. I don't know anything about it other than he lost her. She passed away, and I don't know how old she was. I don't know if she was, you know, teetering on uh, life and death at the moment. You know, you just don't know these things, but that's how quick people pass in today's world. You know, one minute you're here, the next minute you're gone, and, you know, hopefully you'll not leave without making sure that your loved ones are cared for and, and you're taken care of and you're happy and, and all these other different things that go on in our lives. We just want to make sure that, uh, you know, we do the best job we can. That's all. While you're on this earth, that's all your your whole thing is. Do the best job you can. Help people one day at a time, one step at a time. You know, that's the most important thing, Okay is to appreciate who you're with and how you're doing it with them and just be grateful, right? Me too. Amen, sister. Okay. All right. Well, we're in the last half hour of the show here on the Road to Recovery. Obviously, uh, you know, oh, and we want to remind people
1: tomorrow,
0: today, I think, today with the uh, the uh, chili cook-off for the um, – Veterans over in Carroll Stream, Illinois. Okay, so if you were able to get out there, call us. If uh, if you, uh, yeah, uh, yes, terribly sad. It's terrible. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, looking. A friend of mine posted she lost her loved one. You know, I don't know what happened. No oh, wealth. Yeah. Again, we just never know when the the Almighty's gonna call us up to heaven. You know, and be prepared. And just remember it is heaven, okay? It's this life on earth is just a life. Right? Nothing special. It's well, hopefully it's as special as you make it. My life is a whole lot more special than I've made it because I had some really good things happening. Hip hip hooray. Oh my god, I got a little bug flying around here. Get that little bug here. You little booger. Get over here. I'm, I'm, I'm spotting a moth. There I am in my office spotting a moth. Okay. You know what? I read this week, by the way, the press release from DuPage County of the opiate-related deaths for 2019. Okay. Who wants to guess on the opi, you know, how? there, you came back and I killed you. Sorry. Didn't mean to. I killed you on how it works, Page. Okay. Well, it happens. So you will ever have a smudge and it will be remembered on how it works. Okay. I'm gonna read the opiate opiate opioid related deaths for twenty nineteen for DuPage County. This is coroner Richard Jorgensen released these statistics. He completed the evaluation of opiates related deaths for twenty nineteen. Heroin related deaths have fallen again in twenty nineteen. Beginning in twenty fifteen the influx of the it's fentanyl has changed the nature of, of the epidemic. The number of deaths related to fentanyl alone, once again, has increased as heroin mixed with fentanyl. So fentanyl, I mean, heroin alone, 13 people died in 2019. Isn't that amazing? 20, 7, 13 people died from heroin overdoses. 42 people died from heroin and fentanyl mixture overdoses. 33 died from fentanyl alone, and that stuff's supposed to be like a mule kick in the head. Eight opioid-based prescription medication deaths, so total deaths of illegal drugs are 88, that's 8.6% increase over 2018. Total deaths of all opioids, 96, 2% decrease over totals in 2018. There's also been a shift in the ages of the deceased. There has been a decrease in the teens and 20s and an increase in each decade after. Since 2013 to 2019, 46 deaths, 96 deaths. Yes. Males, back in 2013, they were 39 year, years old. Today, no, 39 were males. 77 were males in this 2019. Females, there were seven. 2019, there were 19 females that died. The age range, 15 to 64. Now it's 19 to 67, so it's creeped up three years. Not much. Let's see, 15 to 19, there was five. There was only one in 2019, so the 15 to 19 years old are, are cleaning up. That's good. The 20 to 29, there were 21 in 2013. There were 25 in 2019. 30 to 39, there were nine. This 2019, there were 31. So the 30 to 39s are doing, are getting more in trouble. The 40 to 49, they quadrupled. 16 people died. 50 to 59, they're tripled. Yeah, everybody's, wow, anybody above. So, you know, the young people have stopped. It's amazing. Amazing. It's just amazing the statistics that we're reading here. Okay? That's just terrible. In today's world, there's so many people dying of overdoses. I don't know if that's suicide, they're them as suicide or just deaths. I'm not sure. I'm going to read how it works. I'm going to end today's show with how it works because that's what I love most about the program of recovery is this chapter 5, starting on page 58 of the big book, which I bought a new big book, and I'm going to erase, oops, I just got rid of that boss, so he's gone from, I won't even remember, oh well, sorry, Paul, okay, okay, chapter 5, how it works, guys, boys and girls, moms and dads, this is how the program of recovery works in my life, maybe it can in yours, if you wanted to. Okay, but it goes like this. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we bought. we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Oh, my God. you got to let go absolutely, boys and girls. You can't hang on to it. You've got to let it go. And you got to give it away, too, in order to get it back. We'll figure that one out, okay? We'll talk about that another time. Remember that we deal with alcohol. Now, you can put any addiction in there, boys and girls. It doesn't have to just be alcohol. This could be food or gambling or sex or drugs or um, uh, work or chaos. Maybe you're addicted to chaos. I I think I was for a while there. For some reason, I thought that I was the center of the universe and that I was going to fix it, okay? And I needed to keep people around me so that I could help them. You know what? I I keep people away from me now. If they're that messed up, I don't want to be around them because they're just going to drag me down. But if they want help, I'm there to help out. And there are people that are worthy of help. And I'm going to tell you something. I met a wonderful family of Mexican people. They were Mexican. Mexican family. They came to this country, and they're living in a basement of a house with uh, three kids and adults. And they're paying rent to... Somebody and I, you know, hey, God love them. They have a place to live, and I found them a place that they can move into. They both have good jobs, the wife and the and the husband. They will probably have a difficult time ever buying a house because they don't have a social security number. They might have an ITIN number, so they they the banks are not going to give them a, a loan, and that's sad. But that's the reality of. But at least they can get out from the basement. I'm happy to put them in a house and they're in a house now and and they're living above ground. And I got to tell you it was very touching because I stopped by to check on how they're doing and drop off a, a remote control and the young boy who was about five, maybe 6, 7, maybe 8 years old, he he said thanks Mr. Dan and he gave me a hug and god, if that wasn't worth everything in the world. You know, I didn't get stuff like that when I was drinking because I couldn't care less about anybody. But today It's nice to help somebody out, okay? So, remember we deal with whatever your addiction is. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who is all power, that one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number 1, we admit we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Number 2, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number 3 made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number 4 made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying for only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, and I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Live show. Sorry, we don't have a mute button so you get to hear me. Lord, okay, I think I got it out. Two. Okay, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps we carried, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, "What an order! I can't go through with it." Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were saw it. That's how my program works, boys and girls. It really does. I, I I'm not perfect and I but I, I strive to do the best job I can. Yeah, sometimes I cut myself a little bit more slack than I should and probably could be a little bit better. But you know what? It's progress, not perfection. Okay? I'm not gonna fix myself after years of messing up myself, you know, in this messed up world. But it's a good world and not a bad one to live in if we can figure out how to do it one day, one step at a time. And that's what I do, one day, one step at a time. I try to do my best. And when I help other people, that's when I feel the best sense of everything. You know, I'm the president of the Lions Club. Next week is a holiday party. And, again, I don't like to give out just shallow awards to people for what? doing what they're supposed to. They're volunteering. Well, that's good. But you know what? A lot of them don't do what they're supposed to do. Okay. And I got to tell you something. It's sad when you see that they can't. You know that things happen like that. You know when when people. What are, oh God
1: Almighty!
0: I am so screwed up. I'm looking at this and looking at that and being confused. Okay. Holy bajobies. That's a lot of antlers. I'm looking at a a deer with, like, 50 points. Some some hunter's going to want to shoot your, your butt for sure, buddy. Holy mackerel. That's, yeah, let's go out and kill something. Oh, it's okay. Do you have a gun license? Okay. I don't want to even see anybody die. It's amazing. How many people could actually die in Chicago? How many people... Are oh, how many people are there that they can you know that they could be so many people get killed and still come back for more? It's just sad it's just sad to hear all these people getting shot for what why are they being killed about it? what is out so out there that is so important and you know you gotta kill each other over it's amazing. Glad I don't have that kind of a life. I hope I never have that kind of a life. It's not a good one. Okay. Well, the last few minutes of the show, I want to thank everybody for listening. If you did, if you didn't, well, okay, you won't even know what I said, right? And I thank myself for another day because I did another. Kept me on the straight and narrow. Thanks, Steve, for being my buddy. And Lambert, my buddy. I got a bunch of buddies. We got good buddies. And, yeah, I have good clients, you know. You have to learn the difference. See, one of the things I'm having trouble is to learn the difference between, okay, respect and being a doormat. That's always, it's a tough thing, respect and being a doormat, you know. At what point do you forgive people? I forgive people for things they do, but, you know, I can't have them around me if they're going to do goofy, disrespectful things. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's important. You know, I had a, a an employee that, for some reason, felt the need to not keep his commitment to me, and yet he still wants to continue working for me, even though he let me down after multiple promises. So I, I'm not mad at him. I'm learning not to be mad at people, but I just can't have him around working for me because – I can't have that attitude. If you if you don't can't get the job done or you can't do your keep your commitment, why would I want you to stick around? Okay? All right, well listen. In my closing moments here, okay, I just want to remind everybody that it's important to call somebody. You know, give somebody you haven't talked to in a long time a call. and Say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, like my kid brother Dave, I don't know. Maybe I'll call him again one of these days. live broadcast. You get to hear my... Sorry. Okay. And I want to say a shout out to my kid who uh, didn't even remember my birthday. Thanks, Dan. That's okay. It's not the end of the world either. Nothing is. Nothing is worth losing sleep over. Acceptance is the key. If you don't like something, you don't have to like it. You just have to accept that it is the way it is and move on with your life and try to have a better life, right? And that's what I do one day, one step at a time. So, folks... I want to say thanks for listening. I hope that you have a great week, unless you have other plans. See, we we choose. We're going to talk about that, making choices. Let's talk about choices. Choose to have a good day. Choose to have a good week. Choose to have a good life. It's your choice, believe it or not. We'll talk more about that next week. That will be our topic, choices. Which choice do you make? Okay, choose to listen to the show or you choose to turn it off. Choose to come back. Who knows? Choices, people, okay? You are what you choose to do, okay? All right, have a great week unless you have other plans. Thanks for listening, and have a great week, okay? Good night.